Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 34. When he arrived at the other side of the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, Son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the, into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town, and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Thus ends our reading of God's authoritative word. May all who hear it find a welcoming spirit towards Christ. As we have been going through Matthew's gospel and focusing on the healing ministry of our Lord, we have seen a, a similar theme arise from these passages. It is, it is a theme of authority. On each and every step of the journey, Jesus has been revealing to his disciples more and more the, the command that he has. As the king of kings, he has shown his power to heal the sick. He has, he has demonstrated his might as he has driven away demons. And as we saw last time, he even showed his authority to make the wind cease and the raging sea become a calm sheet of glass. And it was in this last exploit that, that caused his disciples to, to ask the question, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. These disciples were beginning to understand who this Jesus is. That he is more than just a man. For, for he was doing things that only God can do. And so, so they were pondering in their hearts the nature of the Lord. What kind of man is this? But understanding who Jesus is is not enough. Knowing that he is God in human flesh will only get a person so far. You see, true saving faith is, is more than just knowledge. For, for one can believe that Jesus is who he says he is and still reject him. Let's, let's look at our passage again and see what we can learn. Look at verse 28. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Jesus had left the crowds of Capernaum and crossed the Sea of Galilee. And now he had come upon the shore of the Gadarenes. 
Now we're not exactly sure where Jesus landed. If you if you look at the map on this next slide, you can see uh, the city of Gadara, about five miles southeast of the sea. Can you can you guys see that? No. <laughs> well, just trust me, that's where it is. Um, but really, the, the whole southeastern shoreline would have been considered the region of the Gadarenes. Um, and as you can see on, on, the, on the next, or stay on that slide a second, you can kind of see that there's these mountainous cliffs near that eastern shoreline. You see that? And if you turn to our next slide, um, that's kind of our background slide for today. Uh, these are actual cliffs. If you're coming across the sea, that's what you would see coming up upon the, those shores. And it's in these cliffs that there's these ancient tombs that are dug into the side, which is probably where these demonic, demonic men were, were living inside these tombs as they, they would provide shelter. If you remember, they just there was that huge storm the night before when they were crossing the sea. And so this is probably where these demonic men were sheltering from, from, the, from the storm. Now the question is, why would Jesus come into a region such as this? If you recall, Jesus, he was seeking to get away from all the crowds. Perhaps he was hoping to find some rest. Maybe he wanted to be alone with his disciples, get some uh, separate time with them. It's also possible that he wanted to expand his ministry into Gentile territory. However, when he reached the shore, what he found were these two unfortunate souls. Both men were possessed by these demons. And these men became so violent that, that they were exiled to these tombs. They could no longer live in their community. And apparently... As they, as they went to these tombs to live, they, they carried their violence with them. For it says that, that no one could no longer pass through that region as it was no longer safe. The, these men would attack people who would, who would pass by. Well, let's see what they do when they encounter Jesus. Look at verse 29. What do you want with us, Son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? If you remember, the disciples on the boat were left wondering, what kind of man is this? And yet these demons, they knew exactly who Jesus is. They refer to him as the Son of God. There's, there's no question in their mind as to who Jesus was, that he is God in human flesh. He is the very one that they were rebelling against. When I was in college, I had this friend named Henry, and, and one day I got to share the gospel with Henry. I shared with him all about Jesus, who he was, that he was God in human flesh, what he did, that he died on the cross for Henry's sins, and that he rose from the dead three days later victorious, and that he, that he offered to Henry eternal life if he would just trust in him. And so I asked Henry, do you, do you believe this? He said, yes, I do. And I said, well, do you want to repent of your sins and make Jesus your Lord? And he said, no, I don't. I was bewildered by his answer because he, he knew the truth. 
of who Jesus was and what he's done. But he did not want to repent or trust in Christ. He wanted to remain in his rebellion against God. You see, to know Jesus and to still hate him is demonic. Having an understanding that Jesus is God is not enough. A person needs to submit to his authority as well. This is why these demons asked the question that they did. What do you want with us? These violent spirits were, were afraid for they, for they knew who Jesus is and what he could do. And they hated him for it. And so they shouted, have you, have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Now what are, these, what are these demons talking about? What is this appointed time? God has established a, a prearranged time when, when these fallen angels will be sentenced to eternal damnation. Jude verse 6 says this, and the angels who did, who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting change, chains, for judgment on the great day. Again, in, in the scripture reading we had read earlier, in, in the book of Revelation, we get this further description of this appointed time. Look at Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. These demons have, they have come before Jesus, and they know of this day. They know of this time when they shall be judged in and tormented. This is why they cower before Christ. They understand uh, that Jesus is their judge. He is the one who will, who will execute this, this sentence upon them. And so they beg Jesus to leave them alone. Look at verse 30. Some distance from them, a large herd of pig, pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, Send us into the herd of pigs. Just another clue that this is a Gentile territory that we're talking about. Having a herd of pigs was unheard of in, in Jewish settlements, as pigs were considered unclean animals. But beyond that little tidbit of information, we, we see that these demons, they understand Jesus' MO, his modus operandi. I'm not exactly sure how the spirit world communicates with one another, but, but somehow these, these demons, they knew that Jesus had been freeing people from demonic possession. And they didn't want to be just cast out with no place to go. And so, and so they sought refuge in this herd of pigs. They begged Jesus, send us in there. Let's see how Jesus handled their, their request. Look at, look at verse 32. He said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. With a single word, Christ cast these demons out 
and freed these men. What these verses reveal to us is just how powerful Jesus truly is. You see, these, these two men were possessed by a multitude of spirits. It wasn't just two pigs that, 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 that these demons went into, but the whole herd. This whole herd went over the embankment. They rushed down that shore. And they found themselves drowning in a watering, watery tomb. From Mark's Gospels, we know that, that there were roughly 2,000 pigs in that herd. So Christ, he was commanding a, a legion of rebellious spirits with a mere utterance, with the word, go. This is the authority of our Lord. Even those who hate him have to bend the knee and do his bidding. But our story isn't finished with the, with the freeing of these men. Look at verse 33. Those tending the pigs ran off, went, went into the town, and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. News spread of all that had occurred, and, and the whole town came out to confront Christ. Now what you have to understand is this. This destruction of this herd of pigs had to be devastating to this community. I mean, think about it. 2,000 pigs. How many mouths does that feed? Is it, is it any wonder that these people begged Jesus to go? And yet, it also exposes their hearts. Their, their reaction demonstrates what they, what they truly value. Yes, they, this was a major economic setback to them. But this community had just received back two of their own. In essence, they, they, they valued the pigs over the people in their midst. Now imagine if it was two of us. Imagine if it was Mark and Jeff that were possessed by demons. And we had, had, they were so violent, we had to kick them out of Allegan. Right? Now, what if, what if we could experience one year of economic setback, hardship? But with that hardship, we get Mark and Jeff back. Wouldn't that be worth it? To me, it would. When you read through Matthew's Gospel, what you'll find is that, that Matthew goes to these great lengths to show the rejection of our Lord by the Jewish religious leaders. But our story for today isn't about the Jews. It's about the Gentiles. These Gentiles, they wanted no part of Christ. You see, just as our ethnicity doesn't determine a person's salvation, so too one's origin doesn't decide how a person will respond to Christ. 
Whether Jew or, or Greek, it is only through genuine faith, that genuine trust that I talked about earlier, that one can come to the Lord. You see, these people who these were people who knew what Jesus could do. I mean, the, the, the herdsmen had, had, had seen Jesus command these demons out of those men. And they had to chase after those pigs as they, as they went tumbling into the sea. And the whole town, they were, they were witnesses. They, they saw these two men that had once been so violent that they had been driven out of their community. And now, now that they had been freed, they, they just sat there calmly. Peacefully. So they, they, they were witnesses of what Christ could do. They had enough evidence to know a little bit about who this Jesus is and the authority that he has. And yet, these people rejected him. They, they, they pretty much had that, that, that same attitude towards Christ as, as the demons who asked, What do you want with us, Son of God? Basically, they, they wanted Jesus just to leave them alone. They were terrified of what he could do. I think this is the same thing that my friend Henry wanted. He, he knew who Jesus was, but he, he wanted nothing to do with him. There are many people in this world just like Henry and just like those Gentiles that want to have nothing to do with Jesus. And it's not because they don't know who he is. In fact, they, they, they know all too well who Jesus is and what he asks of them. And it's for that very reason that they want him to leave, to just go. Because they know that to have Jesus in their life means that they will have to sacrifice the things of this world, the things that they hold dear. And so these, these demons, these, like those demons who, 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 where Jesus came near and they, they asked, what do you want with us? Just like those demons, these, these men of the Gadarenes, they just wanted Jesus to leave. What do you want with us? Just go away. You've already destroyed our herd of pigs. Please leave. Dear friends, saving faith is more than just theology. It's, it's more than understanding that Jesus is the Son of God. It's more than, than knowing that, that He died for your sins upon that cross and that He rose from the dead three days later. No. Saving faith is a change of heart. It, it is seeing the mercy of the cross and desiring to turn from your sins because of it. It is witnessing the, the authority of Jesus in relinquishing yourself under His Lordship. Let me ask you, are there, are there times in your life where, where you just want to be done being a Christian? When, when you want to have nothing to do with, with Jesus Christ? Maybe you think to yourself, life would be so much easier if I didn't have Jesus cramping my style. How much, 
money would I have saved if I had never given to the church? How, how far could I have advanced in my career if I had no moral qualms? What would my relationships be like today with my estranged friends and family members, those, those people who no longer talk to me because I talk about Jesus? Having Christ in your life will entail hardship. There's no getting around that fact. Jesus will ask of you to give up these things that you love. But for those who, who truly love their Lord, such hardship is worth it. For fellowship with Him is so much sweeter than fellowship with the world. And the more you get to know your Savior, the more you'll find yourself asking the question, what do you want with me. Only this time it will be asked in love and expectation instead of hatred and fear. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you so much for your son and what he has done for us. We pray that, that our faith would be genuine, that we wouldn't want to shy away from you or have you depart from us but we would be welcoming of you into our lives, into our hearts, that you would be our, our, our sole possession, our sole prize that we seek after more than anything else. Fill us now with your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.